Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. More and more scientists think carbon capture is key to reducing CO2 emissions globally. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. That's the unexpected energy of ExxonMobil. Ready to roll on a football Friday. Pro Bowl running backs are banged up around the league. We'll sort out who's starting and who's sitting this week. The Patriots improved to 6-0 and last night. But do they have a potential Achilles heel on offense? Our former Patriot points out the problem. And it's our Sunday showcase. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes will break it down. Find out why the Chiefs could be on upset alert. Some good matchups this week. So welcome to the show here with Field Yates, Damian Woody, and also Adam Schefter is along for the ride. I'm Susie Culver. So, guys, let's get started. Why don't you and Adam tag team this rash of star running backs who have missed or been limited in practice this week due to injury? The biggest question marks on this list, Todd Gurley and David Johnson, both those players missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Adam, get us going here. Christian McCaffrey as they face the Bucks. Yes, yeah, so they faced the Bucks over in London, and Christian McCaffrey went through practice this morning. Head coach Ron Rivera said he's fine. It sounds like more of a rest maintenance issue with Christian McCaffrey. Not going to be an issue for him on Sunday morning at 9.30 Eastern. He is expected to play against the Buccaneers. Field, Alvin Kamara, and the Saints at the Jags. We don't like when injuries pop up during the week, Susie, and Alvin Kamara was added to the injury report on Thursday because of an ankle issue. He was limited. No clear indication whether or not he will play. If for some reason he sits, Latavius Murray is the next man up in New Orleans in that backfield. Adam, you matchup Rams Niners what about Todd Gurley has not practiced the last two days Susie he is nursing a quad injury Sean McVay made it sound yesterday like they could have practiced him yesterday if they needed to so it sounds like they're managing him and again we'll find out today where they list him on the injury report Field, how about David Johnson against the Falcons? Not yet practicing so far this week because of a back issue, Susie. But GM Steve Kine was on the radio in Arizona this morning and expressed some, uh, expressed some optimism about Johnson playing. He did note he's not 100% certain, but there's at least a chance with David Johnson. Adam, will Chris Carson be ready to go against the Browns? Susie, you heard Field mention the fact that Alvin Kamara was added to the injury report midweek. Same is true of Chris Carson with a shoulder injury limited during practice on Thursday. He's such a physical, tough back that you worry about a shoulder injury with Chris Carson. If there's any questions about his availability, Rashad Penny will back him up. Field, let's add a wide receiver to the mix. The Chiefs' Tyreek Hill. Yeah, well, of course, he has been out since suffering that clavicle injury all the way back in week one. He was a limited participant in practice all week last week. He has been limited so far this week, Susie. It seems like there is a chance in a game that all of a sudden is one that people are seemingly giving the Texans a better chance to win on Sunday in Kansas City. We'll get to that big Chiefs-Texans date later. But first, week six kicked off last night in New England. The undefeated Patriots hosting the Giants. Both teams banged up but grinding it out on a miserable night. It's our Thursday night theater. 
It's the 11th all-time regular season meeting between the Pats and the Giants. Patriots lead the all-time series six games to four. Oh, the punt got is it. blocked! Punt is blocked! Scored! Blocked at the Winovich, who catches, runs into the end zone! Felt like it was 30 seconds. I think it was, I lost it for a sec with the moon up in the, in the sky. It was so high up there. Jones on a first and ten. Play fake. Going to take a deep shot down the right side for Tate, who makes the catch. Still on his feet. In the end zone. Touchdown, Giants! They got it on that one. Welcome to the Giants' Golden Tate. Brady back to throw. He's under pressure. He's going to get sacked. And the ball is loose, and it's picked up by the Giants. What a play by Golden! The Giants are an extra point away from tying this football game up. And Josh Gordon is down and hurt for New England. Throw to the right. Caught in the flat by Hillman. Nowhere to go. Jamie Collins is there. Ball came loose. Picked up by Ben Noy. To the 10, to the 5. Diving to the pylon. Second defensive touchdown of the night. Patriots 28 and the Giants 14. I was thinking about Bill, to be honest, because I didn't want to lose the football because I would have been in some trouble. Brady oh. on a deep drop. He throws a long ball right for Edelman, who's open. Oh. Dives at the five. Has the catch. First and goal to go. Brady takes the staff. He's going to sneak it off the left side. And Tom Brady going over his left guard. That's a touchdown, New England. Patriots break it open. 35-14. Again, the Patriots are 6-0. What's your assessment of where you guys are? as an offense right now we'll see we're six and oh so try to get seven up <laughs> not saying much says a lot the <laughs> patriots now six and oh have outscored their opponents by 142 points that's the third best point differential through six games in the super bowl era just ahead of the 07 patriots team that went 16 and oh three of the other four teams in the top five reached the super bowl so we should point out that some of that competition hasn't won a game, like the Redskins and the Dolphins and the Jets, but they are 6-0. and However, as we sort of dive into the Patriots side of this, the defense and special teams really picked up that offense. Like, how concerned are you about the offense? Listen, I'm a little concerned. One thing about the Patriots, we tend to judge them around Thanksgiving because that's when they want to be playing their best best football. But when you watched the game last night, you were a little underwhelmed by some of the things that you saw from the Patriots. And when we roll the tape here, you're going to see a couple of things. You know, the first play, um, this first inter- this interception by Tom Brady, you look down, he had the middle of the field safety. But the safety flips his hip in this particular situation, and he's trying to draw Julian Edelman away from the safety so he can take a big hit. Miscommunication between him and Julian Edelman causes the interception. And then on the third, simple third and seven, third and seven, it was a simple just misfire by Brady. The, the Patriots offensively early have been slow getting out of the gates. Now, that could be due to a lot, they have a lot of injuries on offense, whether it be offensive line or their pass catchers. But they're going to have to get guys healthy and just figure this thing out offensively because guess what? You're going to have the Chiefs and some other mm-hmm. formidable teams coming down the road, and it's going to be awfully tough sledding. Yeah, and Field, a lot is made about how banged up the Giants were. But you could look at the Patriots roster and say almost as much, and then Josh Gordon goes down, a thin receiving core. Where do they stand? Not the star power the Giants were without, but how about the volume of injuries? Right. Last night, the Patriots were down to one personnel group. Right. That's all they had the pieces for. So all of a sudden, guys like Jacoby Myers and Gunnar Olszewski, who had only played on special teams up to this point, were playing because Josh Gordon, as you see right here, tried to make a tackle on that fumble return for a touchdown by the Giants. That leg-slash-knee looked pretty nasty at the time. Some good news here. Although he did not return to the game, went to the blue medical tent, eventually was back on a stationary bike, which at least be an indication 
that this was not something that was super serious or major. If it was, typically a player is not riding the stationary bike or even on the sidelines. But another injury piling up for the Patriots. Nikhil Harry, their first-round pick, already on. Geico presents Monster Counseling. Dracula, tell me how you're feeling. No one understands how lonely it is. No one will even let me into their house. I knock and I knock, but they ignore me. Uh Uh-huh. What else? I look in the mirror and... (laughs) I don't even see myself anymore. If you don't see yourself clearly, can you really expect others to? I'm having a breakthrough. It's not easy to be a vampire. But with GEICO, it's super easy to switch and save hundreds on your car insurance. Back to the kickoff of week six last night in Foxborough. Giants and Patriots. Here are four key plays that really stood out from the game. Second quarter, Giants down 14-0. Daniel Jones downfield to Golden Tate who bobbles but hangs on. And it's the first touchdown that the Patriots have given up so far this season. I was, con- I was confused. I forgot what passing touchdowns against the Patriots <laughs> look like, Susie. Six games into the season, pretty ridiculous. But a great, great sign for the Giants. Fourth passing. quarter, Patriots up 21-14. And Jones drops back to pass. And Kyle Van Noy picks it up. If the offense isn't getting it done, the defense uh, It just seems like the Patriots are just Johnny on the spot on all of these turnovers. But that's what that's the type of year they're having. So Opportunistic. Patriots up 28-14. Later in the fourth, Tom Brady, you know what? If the receiving core is thin, count on Julian Edelman. Flying scroll right here, Susie. A great catch mm. here after a great route, and uh, Brady lays it up, and Edelman goes up there to get it. Really the pivotal play for this passing game last night. Down to the three. A couple plays later in the drive, second a goal, and maybe Brady thought, you know what, maybe i got to do it myself a little bit tonight. Yeah, when all else fails, just call your own number and go with the quarterback sneak. It's been working for him all year. He just took to Twitter. Now he wants to lead the league in rushing touchdowns. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> happens or not. Would you bet against him? Uh, maybe. Um, so earlier we focused on the Patriots. Let's turn the attention to the Giants. How are you feeling about this performance if you're in that locker room? Listen, you don't want to, as a player, you don't ever want to say more victories, but considering what the Giants had to work had to work with, going into Foxborough with the rookie quarterback against Bill Belichick, I would actually feel okay knowing that, okay, Saquon, no Saquon right. Barkley, no Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. Like, they had a plethora of guys down, and that game was close it in was the fourth fun. quarter. Yeah. It was. It was so, fun to watch. It, you know, if I'm, if I'm the Giants, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, Okay, we did, we did okay considering the circumstances. What'd you learn? There are those that say that 90% of the game is played between the ears for quarterbacks. And think about Daniel Jones last night. First of all, the confidence is built by becoming the only quarterback as a touchdown pass against the Patriots so far this season. Think about the looks he saw last night. It wasn't necessarily the kitchen sink from the Patriots, but to face a Bill Belichick-led defense is to face perhaps as tough a task as you'll see just from a looks Scheme diversity, the variety of packages you'll see on defense, how deep the Patriots are. There's a lot to be learned from the mental side last night for Daniel Jones. Again, to Damian's point, it's not necessarily a moral victory, but Mm -hmm. there is some growth to be had from last night's defeat. Adam, do you agree with that, that some encouraging moments at least for the Giants? Susie, it felt like they were in the game for most of the game. I know that it's amazing the Patriots win by 21, and people think they see the score and looks like a blowout, a one-sided game, but it wasn't. They Giants legitimately were in that game and had a chance to do the unthinkable, and they had the chance to do the unthinkable without these key missing parts. So moving forward, Saquon Barkley probably going to be back the next game. I don't know that Sterling Shepard will. I think Evan Ingram will be. Uh, Wayne Goldman might be. So they're going to be getting some reinforcements here. And this is a team that Daniel Jones really has brought some life and energy to, to where people can watch them and think 
this team feels like it's on its way. It didn't feel that way earlier in the year, but it certainly does right now watching them. And I thought they gave the Patriots last night about all New England could handle at home. That's not a spot that road teams usually excel in. And for a little while there, it looked like the Giants had a legitimate chance to win that game. And the Giants get to rest up a little bit, and then they'll see the Cardinals. So, looking up. As the Friday edition of NFL Live rolls on, it's our Sunday showcase, Texans at Chiefs, featuring two of the game's youngest and most dynamic quarterbacks. Few quarterbacks have started their careers better than the two meeting at Arrowhead on Sunday. Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson each rank in the top five for most passing touchdowns through a player's first 30 games, and neither of them has even played 30 yet. Watson at 28, Mahomes is only at 22. So this huge matchup (laughs) deserves our Sunday Sunday showcase. We'll break it down by position. Now, as we do it in sort of a take-your-pick style, remember this is not about a career. It's just about this game. But it is kind of cool that it's the first time these two quarterbacks are going head-to-head. So let's start with... Damien, the quarterbacks. Who are you going to take here? You, you, made a, you made a key point. Not career, but just this just game. Just this game. I'm going to go with Deshaun Watson. In this. I'm going to go with Deshaun mm. Watson. I think when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, they're, low, they're beat up on the offensive line. We saw that Patrick Mahomes a little hobbled with the lower leg injury. Deshaun Watson has DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller. So I think his weapons... Give him, I think gives him a little bit of an edge in this one. Ooh, man, that's crazy. It's crazy to think that Deshaun Watson, or excuse me, that Patrick Mahomes even has any kind of competition. A note on Patrick Mahomes. Full participant in practice both Wednesday and Thursday because of that ankle injury suffered last night. If for, uh, last Sunday, I should say. If for some reason he is unable to go on Sunday, I am willing to donate my ankle to Patrick so that he can play in this game. <laughs> but there is no real threat of him missing the game on Sunday. Re-aggravated last week, and yeah. this is something that's been since week one, and you can pretty much count on to be in there the rest of the season. But and, and You know teams are going to have to try to apply pressure. I know. He still finds a way to do some – magician was the word they used earlier. These guys are Houdini and some other – David Copperfield or yeah. Adam, what do you make of the, the two magicians facing each other? Uh, listen, th- these are two great quarterbacks here. And, again, we're talking about the fact that this could be a future Brady-Manning-like matchup. And I don't doubt that that could be the case. It's a situation where these are probably the two best quarterbacks in the league. Deshaun Watson is great. Patrick Mahomes is that much greater in my mind. And these are two quarterbacks that are going to dominate the league for an awfully long time, Susie. Much like Brady and Manning, so it would be no surprise if these two quarterbacks had that kind of run. And Field, what about their pass-catching weapons? Again, focusing in on Sunday, but I'm going to give the edge of the Chiefs because a little bit more diversity, both in terms of the backfield with Damian Williams, a very effective pass catcher, and of course this guy right here, Travis Kelsey, arguably the best tight end in football right now. Miko Hartman, plenty of speed. If they get Tyreek Hill back, and it seems like there's a chance he could play on Sunday, obviously he's the best wide receiver they have on the roster. Does not look like they'll have Sammy Watkins on Sunday. Again, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller, that's that, that's no slouch of a duo there, but not as much production from the tight end spot. Give you the edge to Kansas City. Damian, on to the running backs. I'm going to go with the Chiefs running backs in this particular situation because I trust Andy Reid put these guys in and it, put these guys in a situation where they're one-on-one with a lot of people, and that's where they can hurt you, particularly in the passing game. So I'm going to give the edge to the Kansas City Chiefs in this situation. Field, you've got defense. I've got defense, and no surprise here. Susie, I'm going to go with the Houston Texans, and plenty of focus, as always, on J.J. Watt, who remains an effective player and has his dominant moments. But I don't want to let this go unsaid. J.J. Watt is great. He's got a fellow defensive lineman that not many people are paying attention to. 
that is also great. DJ Reader, a defensive lineman for the Houston Texans, has a chance to be a guy that makes a bunch of money that nobody is talking about. But J.J. Watt is sort of the straw that stirs the drink. This defensive line should be able to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes, who himself is not only gimpy, but the offensive line for the Chiefs, as Adam reported earlier on this week, they signed Stefan Wisniewski off the street. They are banged up along that offensive line. So, Damian, new defensive coordinator for the Chiefs this season, and Steve Spagnolo. How do you think they've looked so far? Do you, have you seen an improvement? I think they're still a work in progress. We see what the what Tyron Matthew brings. He's very versatile. He's always around the football. But if the Chiefs are going to win, they're going to have to win on offense because this this Chiefs defense still has a lot of hope. Chris Chris Jones, yeah, uh, the defense banged up. Banged up. I, I don't think he's going to play in this game. He's a guy that has that interior pass rush. If he's not in there. Boy, it could be the floodgates could open on this Ooh, on this Chiefs, Chiefs defense. Need to be able to stop the run. They have, have over six yards per carry allowed. Mm. I might be able to rush for like seven yards on ten carries if I play the Chiefs. Probably or not. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Unless not you had Mahomes' ankles, and then maybe you know we can work some for the trade out here. <laughs> Damien's going to pick this one later in the show. Ooh. See how Mahomes faces. Mm. Countdown crew will be talking about this one. The winless Redskins will play the winless Dolphins on Sunday. This is a rough one. ESPN has a metric called matchup quality, which measures each game on a 0 to 100 scale. Higher numbers indicate better matchups. The Redskins-Dolphins game is the first to have a 0.0 matchup quality since 2008 when the metric first began. Stop laughing. Oh, well, I've never seen it's that before. It's time for a week six matchup game. I feel like there should just be a sad face emoji Seriously. in this one. Oh, my I mean, they God. still have to get out there and play. This is rough. This has the this makings is... of like a 6-6 tie, doesn't it? We're calling this one the impossible matchup, Damien. Mm. Who do you think is going to take it? <sighs> this is a hard one. It really is. I'm going to go with the Redskins. I think they give a heavy dose of Adrian Peterson to help out to help out Case Keenum will be the quarterback. And I just trust Case Kim over anything that they have with the Miami Dolphins right now. So I'm riding with the Redskins 24-17. There, yeah, go ahead. You called yeah. it the Sunday show earlier. <laughs> yeah. as you sort of, this is the Sunday slowdown, right? Yeah. You know, like yeah. Ooh, man, this is a tough watch. There are four teams that haven't won a game yet in the NFL, yep. which means they're probably all in the running for number one overall pick in the NFL draft. So, Damian, who do you think – is going to get the number one overall pick in the draft. Redskins? You think the Redskins are going to wind up with the number one? No! Dolphins! Uh, yeah. I, Susie, have you seen how bad the Dolphins are? Like, they're bad. As much as we pile on the Redskins, this team is pretty This team is pretty bad. I mean, it just we, we got the schedule posted up right there. I mean, listen, they don't have a lot of world, you know, world beaters right now, but they're just a bad team. They're a bad team, so it's going to be a long, hard road for those players on that roster. You think Tua Tonga-Vailoa is watching that game? <laughs> My future teammates, there they are. This is your Florida. future. Goodness, seriously, you know, like, I wonder if they should be, the Dolphins should be sending clips each Sunday to Tua. Like, Maybe just they're... starts out in the offense, you know? Like, right. fit in perfectly right here. What about the opposite of all of that? What about a really great 
personal matchup yeah, this week. Let's get back on track with one that I think has a lot of juice to it. So the Eagles' run defense has been amazing so far this season. Just 63 yards allowed against some very good backs, too, I would add. Meanwhile, Dalvin Cook has been one of the best running backs in football. If not for the brilliance of Christian McCaffrey, we'd be talking about Dalvin Cook even more than we already have this season. He's second the NFL in rushing yards, nearly six yards per carry. And Susie, I don't know if you've heard... But the Vikings like to run the football a lot and not throw it that much. The Eagles' yes. run defense, just incredible. They did it again to Le'Veon Bell last week, really limiting him. This run defense, even with some injuries, including the one to Malik Jackson and Timmy Jernigan, has been awesome so far this season. And you're going to slide. I am going to slide all the way over to my left right here because defense can really carry you. I think this game is going to be one where they grind it out. The Eagles, I think, get the better of Dalvin Cook. A note on the Vikings offensive line. Starting guard Josh Klein is out. Garrett Bradbury, their starting center. He's been banged up this week. So, perhaps a little bit more vulnerable than usual, which is why I tip the scales in favor of the Philadelphia Eagles run deep, as they've been awesome this year. And Adam has the final category. Adam, what do you think will be the biggest mismatch? I think we're looking at the Ravens run game against the Cincinnati defense in a game in which Baltimore Looks like it could get the lead. And if Baltimore gets the lead, you know what we're going to see that day. We're going to see Mark Ingram. We're going to see Gus Edwards. We're going to see Lamar Jackson. We're going to see a lot of running the football against a Bengals defense that at times has struggled this season with that offense. Now, Geno Atkins is one of the best players in all of football. Does a tremendous job. But it's been tough for the Bengals defense to keep up this year. And if the Ravens get a lead on Sunday, you may see a heavy dose of all these players running the football right at Cincinnati all afternoon long. All right. Keep an eye on those poor Bengals in that dreaded category of mm. winless teams, which is a good setup to what's coming next. New on NFL Live from ESPN Ravens reporter Jameson Hensley. Ravens safety Earl Thomas was fined $21,000 by the NFL for his hit on Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph that knocked him out of the game and into the concussion protocol. Thomas will appeal it. In case you're just checking in with NFL Live, it's a good time to go on the field. Field Yates with updates around the league. Field, you've got one minute on the clock. Thank you, Susie. And we hope to have David Johnson on the field this Sunday. He, of course, missed practice on Wednesday and Thursday because of a back issue. But GM Steve Kime went on radio this morning, said he is hopeful, optimistic about Johnson's chances playing on Sunday. They certainly could use him to try to continue their winning ways after their first win of the season this past week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Meanwhile, perhaps the most major injury of the week in terms of updates right now is Tyree Kill, who Andy Reid, the head coach of the Chiefs, called a game-time decision for Sunday. It is a shoulder issue suffered all the way back in week one. Certainly having Tyree Kill back would be a massive boon for the Chiefs against the Texans coming off of an offensive explosion. They probably will not have Sammy Watkins back, though. He is officially doubtful for the game. Jalen Ramsey is questionable on Sunday, Susie, because, of course, of that back issue. One more thing. Saquon Barkley seems to have a good chance of returning in Week 7 back on the practice field today for the Giants after their loss last night. Very good field as we continue here with quarterback depth across the league being tested and stretched thin. Some teams, like the Jets and Steelers, are down to their third string. But a quarterback who once led the Niners to a Super Bowl can't get a look. Colin Kaepernick's reps released an all-encompassing statement detailing the quarterback's talents and status. Part of the statement released by his agent said this, 
Not a single team has brought Colin in for a workout. Seattle brought Colin in for a visit, but did not work him out. No other NFL team has interviewed or worked out Colin in the past three seasons, despite other false statements to the media to the contrary. The statement made quite a few compelling points. Adam, what are you hearing about why he can't even get a look, especially with all the quarterback injuries? Well, Susie, let me say this, that in relation to the statement, I think that his agents released this because they feel like Colin Kaepernick is going to be a historical figure that we're going to look back on years from now. And I think they wanted people to know the facts that existed around the case, which is that basically teams are not looking at him. Now, again, I think we're all smart enough to realize what's going on here. Nobody needs to say anything about it. Teams don't want to go near him right now. He's a very polarizing figure, but I think there's no question that he could come in and he's better than some of the quarterbacks in the league right now, and nobody wants to give him a chance. Nobody wants to work him out. Nobody wants to set up a visit, and I think his agents wanted to clear the record and lay out the facts as they see them that are indisputable, that basically nobody's worked him out. Here's what's happened. Here's the situation. He wants to play. And again, it's more of the same without anybody showing any interest. And these numbers are indisputable. On the field, Kaepernick led the 49ers to Super Bowl 47. He went 28-30 and 30 as a starter, threw 72 touchdowns to just 30 interceptions in his career. Kaepernick last played in the 2016 season at the age of 29. Damien, how does all of this make you feel? Uh... It's upsetting, to be honest with you, because when you look at, you know, first of all, we always talk about teams. They always say they want to do what's, what's in the best interest of the team as far as trying to win football games. And here it is. You have uh, a player in Colin Kaepernick who's, you know, who's ac- accomplished quite a bit in the National Football League. And I understand his last year didn't go quite as well with the bad 49ers team. But when you look at some of the guys around the league who have, you know, teams have signed to, to become backups and who have played, I mean, some of these guys you just never even heard of, guys who are part of the AAF, and you're just sitting there thinking, okay, here's a guy who's still still young for the quarterback position, and he can't even get a sniff of a workout? Like Adam said, we all know what's going on in this particular situation. I just hope that history remembers his sacrifice, because yeah. he has clearly sacrificed yes. his career. Yes, All right, let's move on to some more injury updates. And we talked about Earl Thomas with the hit on Mason Rudolph. He'll be fine. How's Rudolph? Uh, Making progress, Susie. He has been limited in practice each day so far this week because of that concussion. Seems unlikely he would play on Sunday. We'll get more information, I would think, not just by Friday, today, in terms of official game status, but also if this team decides to promote uh, Paxton Lynch from the practice squad to provide some depth behind Depth behind starting quarterback Devlin Hodges. Would you imagine yourself saying that at the beginning of the season? Probably not. <laughs> Devlin Hodges and Paxton Lynch and the Steelers, and they'll face the Chargers. So, yeah. who do you like in this game? <sighs> these teams are both these teams are beat. Uh, they're beat, beat up. up. I'm going to go with the Chargers, 23-17. Philip Rivers had a bad game last week against the yeah. Denver Broncos, but he he hardly ever follows it up with another bad game. So I'm counting on Philip Rivers to bounce back. Uh, in this particular game against the against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and listen, um, just off the quarterback matchup alone, should should tilt things in, in the Chargers' favor. So that's what I'm rolling with. All right, waiting for both these teams to get healthy. Yes. How about Seahawks at Browns? Who are you going to take there? 
I'm going with the Seahawks. Listen, the Browns are a desperate team. No question after that, after being humiliated by the 49ers, but everyone saw what Russell Wilson did <laughs> against the Rams. Out of his and, mind. And so you think I'm going to really pick against <laughs> no. Russell Wilson? No way. No way. The Jets welcome back Sam Darnold as he returns from a long four weeks of sitting out with mononucleosis. Jets face the Cowboys. Teammates and coaches are thrilled but cautious. He is not Superman. And when they know he's clear, but he yeah, I mean, you don't want him. Yeah, I mean, he should be good. We should, we should not have him dying on the field. So <laughs> we need, we need, we need to do a better job protecting the quarterback. I'm out there playing. I'm not worried about guys hitting me or anything. Uh, you know, I'm trusting the guys up front to do their thing. I'm, I'm trusting the guys, you know, the receivers to go out and get open when it's time to pass the ball. So, um, for me, it's all about trust. Um, when I do get hit, I know that I'm not in harm's, you know, I'm not in danger anymore. You know, they're, they're letting me go out there and play because it's safe. Donald is back. But, Field, what about the Cowboys and their injury situation? Yeah, a lot of them to monitor here. I think Amar Cooper is going to be fine, too, as he's an ankle and quad issue. He was obviously awesome last week. Zach Martin's been limited in practice this week, a standout guard for them. Tyron Smith, is it going to be a game-time decision? Ankle injury that we know cost him last week. And then Lyle Collins left that game last week because of a knee injury. We'll see whether or not he is able to play on Sunday. That normally dominant offensive line could have a pair of tackles missing, but... Sorry, Susie, but won't make a difference. Damien? Oh, that's a lot of injuries, Damien. It's a lot of injuries, but it won't make a difference. <laughs> it won't make a difference. I got the Cowboys winning 35-24. Listen, I do think Donald coming back will give the Jets some juice considering the, the, the quarterback play that they've gotten. But I think between Zeke, I think getting Zeke going and getting the play-action pass back on track for, for, for Dallas, I think we'll see some of that this week. Field, Bengals at Ravens. What about Marquise Brown? Not, not only did he miss practice on Wednesday and Thursday, as you see there, Susie, he missed practice on Friday as well. Certainly something that gives you pause about his availability for Sunday. That being said, head coach John Harbaugh is listing him as questionable. He's not necessarily out for this game because he has not yet practiced. Damian, can the Bengals get their first win? No, they cannot. <laughs> I'm going Ravens 28-17. Listen. I think the Ravens have got to get back on track defensively. they got to start imposing their will, and this will be the perfect team for them to really impose their will on. Okay, so speaking of that, wide receiver A.J. Green hasn't played since he had ankle surgery in July. Practiced in pads Thursday. Big step. Still isn't game ready for the winless Bengals. Thursday, Zach Taylor insisted that Green would not be moved by the October 29th trade deadline. This is pretty concise here. Taylor said, quote, I've heard the speculation. We are not trading that guy. Adam, two things. First off, a timetable for Green to return to game action. And two, what's his future look like in Cincinnati? Good question, Susie. As for the first one, I would say he's minimum a couple of weeks away would be my estimation at this point in time. And the question that arises then is if the Bengals are continuing to be winless, why is A.J. Green in the last year of his contract coming back to play when there are other receivers like Julio Jones and Michael Thomas making $20 million a year or north of that figure. It's hard to figure that. Now, A.J. Green wants to play and would like to be out there, but he also has to be smart about his future, especially if the season has completely slipped away from this team as it looks like it's doing. I do think there's a chance he'll be back, but I also think it could be to the point where he says, you know what, 
This is not worth it to come back now with everything that's at stake. In regards to his long-term future with the Bengals, the Bengals always could put the franchise tag on him, limit him from going somewhere else. I do think that other teams recognize the type of player and talent that A.J. Green is. There would be interest in him if he were to hit the free agent market. He probably would be the top free agent out there if he did hit the free agent market. The question is whether the Bengals would allow him to do that. But it becomes a very tricky situation, both in the short and long term, with the injury hanging over a situation where he's in that contract year. The contract year here is very key. Very key. Green has missed 12 games the last two seasons. Sunday will make 13. You know what's coming next here on NFL Live? It's Friday. Oh, and that means we've got oh, a dumpster oh, fire. Oh, part of the lineup here on the Friday NFL Live, Damien's Dumpster Fire, defined as a laughably poor performance usually caused by a lack of planning, preparation, or talent. And today, the Cowboys are in the line of fire. Because, Damien, the Cowboys looked like world beaters to start the season, but they were beating some teams that still haven't gotten a win. Then came teams like the Packers and the Saints, and things got real, and it started a fire. <laughs> Me and this whole team, we want to win it all. Bay the left side of the end zone, and touchdown! That throw was perfect from Prescott. It's fun. It's fun to be a part of it. It's fun to be the quarterback of this group. Prescott throws it down to the goal line. A perfect strike to Amari Cooper. Touchdown, Cooper. It felt like a well-done machine. Here's the game. Final play. Prescott hit as he throws and intercepted. The Cowboys suffer their first loss of the season. We haven't played good football offensively. We haven't done it. Prescott throws the left side. Interception. Prescott is right side. Intercepted. That's not something I'm proud of. Not something that I like to see. It's not fun turning the ball over. Just the middle. Big hole. And the Packers will emerge with a victory here in Big D. Can you believe it? Now listen, when I do these dumpster fires, it's, ne- it's never personal. It's all business, okay, with all these teams. But you know what, Dallas Cowboys, okay, this is personal. You know why it's personal? Because I've done something that I normally don't do. I put my neck on the line for you guys. Let's roll the tape, please. Dallas Cowboys with Zeke Elliott on the team is a Super Bowl contending team. Yes, I said it. They are a Super Bowl contending team. Matter of fact, I'm picking the Dallas Cowboys to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Yes, I am saying that. Yeah, I'm I'm talking directly to you, Stephen A. I am picking the Dallas Cowboys to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Now listen, you're talking about a guy who grew up hating the Dallas Cowboys, okay? But you know what? But you know what? People-
people start serving me that Dallas Cowboys Kool-Aid and the first three games we saw Dak Prescott just putting this, this rolling. You know, everybody rolling. We got play-action passes going. Zeke starting to eat, starting to feed and all those type of things. But then we come against real contenders, okay? Against the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers. And you know what? You showed you behind again. Everyone talks about the last 25 years, how the Dallas Cowboys have been irrelevant. And you showed everybody why in the last two weeks, why people keep saying that. Listen. You're hurting my heart right now, okay? You're hurting my heart by putting up those particular pitiful performances the last two weeks. You got Aaron Jones from the Green Bay Packers just running rushout all over your defense. You got Teddy Bridgewater, backup quarterback, coming in, making plays in Jerry's world. Huh? In Jerry's world? In the Big D? You got a backup quarterback just doing his thing down there? Come on, Dallas Cowboys. Listen, I'm going to tell you this, all right? I'm going to tell you this right now. My wife is a Dallas Cowboys fan. And you know what? When they're losing, guess what? Everybody's losing. Because you know what? A happy wife is a happy life. And I can't have nonsense going on in my household with the Dallas Cowboys acting a fool the past couple weeks. So I need the Dallas Cowboys to get back on track, okay? Because I need sanity in my own household so life can be good. Okay, I don't want to get my blood pressure up talking about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm still going to roll with you guys. I'm still not jumping, jumping ship for my Super Bowl pick. But you know what? You guys are getting, you guys are pissing me off a little bit, okay? We can't have that. All right, Dallas Cowboys, I'm going to need you guys to get it together. You got the team this weekend in the New York Jets. Now, if you can't put it together against the Owen, what are they, Owen 4? Owen 40. Owen 4, the New York Jets. If you can't put it together now, oh, Wait till I come back next week. I can tell you that right now. 16-game season. Think about how much it took you, a man from the state of Virginia, although you're married to a Cowboys fan, to put your heart behind the Cowboys to pick them? Extinguish this fire, Damien. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I need to go. There we go. Look at my guy right here. Stay with the man. It took a lot of emotional energy to put your faith behind the Dallas Cowboys. Ride it out a little bit longer. It's going to be okay. Plus... You got a lot of ammo for the Redskins in dumpster fire next week. Imagine if they lose on Sunday. Oh, well, I, boy. I, well, I can't keep going back to the same team. Although some teams <laughs> deserve it. Fire, I right? can't keep going back to the same team, Field. So, Dallas, get get your act together, okay? Because like I don't want to have to put you, you back out you. there once again. Do it for the coal, Cowboys. Come on. Next, we have Steve Young on the Watson-Mahomes matchup. But our analysts have been talking about it all week. When you're talking about two quarterbacks like these, I'm going to ask it exactly like this. Who you got? I have yes, to answer because well, it's live I mean, television. I'll still go with Mahomes. As much as I love Deshaun Watson, I think Mahomes is the best guy in the NFL right now. Deshaun. Deshaun Ooh. Watson this weekend. I can't believe you don't like okay. Patrick Mahomes. I love <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. But I'm going with Deshaun Watson. For this game. Let's be clear. For, For this, game. this game. I'm going to agree with you on this There one. he is. <laughs> it's just here tonight. Early I said Mahomes. I'm going Deshaun. Oh, you traitor! <laughs> I see you. I see you. to the matchup between the two most dynamic young quarterbacks in the NFL, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. 
We thought we'd do a best of just to get you warmed up. This is where it all started for Watson. Oh. 2017. Remember this one? There's an next one. Oh, Scrambles, yeah. breaks to the sidelines, scores on a 49-yard rush. It was Watson's first offensive touchdown in the NFL. Didn't even start this game. He had to come in in relief of Tom Savage. Just a remarkable sign of what is to come. And honestly, this is just the beginning. Even right now as we stand in 2019, Correct. that was the real beginning. That's right. A lot of football left for these guys. 2018, third and goal for Patrick Mahomes, under pressure, out of the pocket, still running, and finds Chris Conley for the touchdown. Only a four-yard touchdown, but Next Gen says he scrambled 44.5 yards. Um, I don't think there's a, uh, a quarterback in the league that can do that. To scramble around and throw sidearm. Except maybe you're What about yeah. this play? In 2018, the heave wow. to DeAndre Hopkins and a falling catch. Unbelievable. 45 yard pitching catch. Doesn't it make it, does it, I feel like his arm strength is limitless. Like he throws it as far as he feels like throwing it on a given play. Mahomes on Monday Night Football last season, awesome. running away from Von Miller, and he switches hands. And barely gets rid of it. On third down in the fourth quarter. That that play, I was just thinking Brett Favre. Brett, that's awesome. Brett Favre. 2017 here for Deshaun. Escapes, getting sacked, flings it to Will Fuller, putting a 48-yard mm. touchdown. Wow, he just barely sets here and still right in the hands. I what Mahomes was thinking watching Whoa. that play from the bench, believe it or not. Remember, that was before he was a starter. Mm, that's right. Then last season, Mahomes rolls out and on the run to Tyreek Hill for the 48-yard completion. Uh, A key moment that helped the Chiefs win just by three points, 27-24. That was insane. The arm strength, the vision down the field, the accuracy, the fact that you can do that sort of on like a half of a foot. Like that is, I mean, that right there is unique and rare. First of all, he's doing things that coaches tell guys, other guys don't ever do that. Right. Ever. Hopefully we get some of that on Sunday. So, how do you stop them? Try playing more man coverage. According to ESPN's coverage analysis powered by NFL Next Gen Stats, this season no quarterbacks have seen a larger decline in yards per drop back from zone to man than Mahomes and Watson. Let's check in with our Hall of Fame quarterback, Steve Young. Steve, which quarterback do you like better for Sunday's matchup? Well, Susie, I mean, come on. What kind of question is that? That is it's rhetorical, right? I want to see both of these guys, dynamic football players that are committed, not just to run around and make plays, but committed to do it from the pocket. And they're doing it. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is an incredible all-time best start of any career in the history of the game. But don't sleep on Deshaun Watson. I think it's 50-plus touchdowns to maybe 15. I'm not exactly sure, but it's a huge quarterback to, I mean, to touchdown to interception ratio. I think both of them are, show, are setting up to be the all-time greats because I see both of them possibly throwing for 100,000 yards and, and running for, you know, 80 touchdowns and just breaking all kinds of records. It's going to be fun to watch. Will definitely be fun. And we would be remiss if we did not say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Steve. Steve. Young, young at 58 years old. Cake at the tailgate on Monday, Steve. We'll see you then. And because this game is so big, we are all going to pick it. Let's go. Damien, you're up first. Who do you like in this game? Well, this is a this is this is a tough one. I love games like this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Houston Texans. 34 to 27. We've talked about the injuries that the, the Chiefs have up front. Uh, so I think the weapons that the Houston Texans have 
they shine a little bit brighter in this game. Deshaun Watson will be able to work his magic. <laughs> I got them squeaking by the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I'm breaking the rules. I don't normally pick games, but on big games, Sundays I do. Give me the Chiefs at home. I don't think they're going to lose back-to-back games at Arrowhead Stadium. Keep an eye on a familiar face of the Houston Texans, Tyron Matthew, now playing for the Chiefs. Potential revenge game there. Mm. How about can you, you, Rob? Can you, can you slide? No, I'm oh, going to be going me to first. Can you, can you slide me over there to the Chiefs? I know they're vulnerable against the run. Great company to keep right there. I might the, have to. The last time they lost back-to-back games at away. Arrowhead was 2015. So I'm and gonna, I just think he can out-magic the magician. That's I'm on Gilligan's and, and Island. Throw, I just throw Rob work on, on the this. Texans. Rob's not here. Throw Rob on the Texans. Well, I'm having trouble over my touchscreen right now. So Rob's got the Texans. I'm screwing it up. All right. Two and two. On the way, you know, our final piece of business, Challenge Flags coming. And we just wondered if if in this edition of Challenge Flags, we could, we could, we could outdo Jason Garrett. I don't think any of us are, are quite that angry. No. Now to the matchup between the two most dynamic young quarterbacks in the NFL, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. We thought we'd do a best of just to get you warmed up. This is where it all started for Watson. Oh. 2017. Remember this one? There's an NFL. Oh, Scrambles, yeah. breaks to the sideline, scores on a 49-yard rush. It was Watson's first offensive touchdown in the NFL. Didn't even start this game. He had to come in in relief of Tom Savage. Just a remarkable sign of what is to come. And honestly... This is just the beginning, even right now as we stand in 2019. Correct. That was the real beginning. That's though. right. A lot of football left for these guys. 2018, third and goal for Patrick Mahomes, under pressure, out of the pocket, still running, and finds Chris Conley for the touchdown. Only a four-yard touchdown, but Next Gen says he scrambled 44.5 yards. Um, I don't think there's a, uh, a quarterback in the league that can do that. To scramble around and throw sidearm. Except maybe just a laser. What about yeah. this play in 2018? The heave wow. to DeAndre Hopkins and the falling catch. Unbelievable. 45 yard pitching catch. Doesn't it make it, does it, I feel like his arm strength is limitless. Like he throws it as far as he feels like throwing it on a given play. Mahomes on Monday Night Football last season, awesome. running away from Von Miller, and he switches hands. And barely gets rid of it. On third down in the fourth quarter. That that play, I was just thinking Brett Favre. Brett, that's awesome. Brett Favre. 2017 here for Deshaun. Escapes, getting sacked, flings it to Will Fuller, putting a 48-yard mm. touchdown. Wow, he just barely sets here and still right in the hands. I Mahomes was thinking watching Whoa. that play from the bench, believe it or not. Remember, that was before he was a starter. Mm, that's right. right. Then last season, Mahomes rolls out and on the run to Tyreek Hill for the 48-yard completion. Uh, A key moment that helped the Chiefs win just by three points, 27-24. That was insane. The arm strength, the vision down the field, the accuracy, the fact that you can do that sort of on like a half of a foot. Like that is, I mean, that right there is unique and rare. First of all, he's doing things that coaches tell guys, other guys don't ever do that. Right. Right. Ever. Hopefully we get some of that on Sunday. So, how do you stop them? Try playing more man coverage. According to ESPN's coverage analysis, powered by NFL Next Gen Stats, this season no quarterbacks have seen a larger decline in yards per drop back from zone to man than Mahomes and Watson. Let's check in with our Hall of Fame quarterback, Steve Young. Steve, which quarterback do you like better for Sunday's matchup? Well, Susie, I mean, come on. What kind of question is that? That is it's rhetorical, right? I want to see both of these guys, dynamic football players that are committed, not just to run around and make plays, but committed to do it from the pocket. 
and they're doing it. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is an incredible all-time best start of any career in the history of the game. But don't sleep on Deshaun Watson. I think it's 50-plus touchdowns to maybe 15. I'm not exactly sure, but it's a huge quarterback to, I mean, to touchdown to interception ratio. I think both of them are, show, are setting up to be the all-time greats because I see both of them possibly throwing for 100,000 yards and, and running for you know 80 touchdowns and just breaking all kinds of records. It's going to be fun to watch. Will definitely be fun, and we would be remiss if we did not say happy birthday. Happy birthday, Steve. Steve. Young, young at 58 years old. Cake at the tailgate on Monday, Steve. We'll see you then. And because this game is so big, we are all going to pick it. Let's go. Damien, you're up first. Who do you like in this game? Well, this is a this is this is a tough one. I love games like this. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Houston Texans. 34 to 27. We've talked about the injuries that the, the Chiefs have up front. Uh, so I think the weapons that the Houston Texans have, they shine a little bit brighter in this game. Deshaun Watson will be able to work his magic. <laughs> I got them squeaking by the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I'm breaking the rules. I don't normally pick games, but on big games, Sundays I do. Give me the Chiefs at home. I don't think they're going to lose back-to-back games at Arrowhead Stadium. Keep an eye on a familiar face of the Houston Texans, Tyron Matthew, now playing for the Chiefs. Potential revenge game there. Mm. How about you, Rob? Can you, can you slide? No, I'm oh, going to be going to first. Can you, can you slide me over there to the Chiefs? I know they're vulnerable against the run. Great company to keep right there. I might the, have to. The last time they lost back-to-back games at Arrowhead was 2015. So I'm and I just think he can out-magic the magician. That's so I'm on Gilligan's and, and Island. Throw, I just throw Rob work on, on the this. Texans. Rob's not here. Throw Rob on the Texans. Well, I'm that having trouble over my touchscreen right now. So Rob's got the Texans. I'm screwing it up. <laughs> All right. Two and two. Have on the way, you know, our final piece of business, Challenge Flags coming. And we just wondered if if in this edition of Challenge Flags, we could, we could, we could outdo Jason Garrett. I don't think any of us are, are quite that angry. No. 